Hey, welcome back for another episode of Designated Survivor. In this one, Kirkman turns into Jack Bauer. Finally! And we're digging for something in North Dakota. It's not oil, it's not natural gas. Find out what it is. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Hey, welcome back to another episode of Designated Survivor, episode 17. We're getting oh. near the season finale here in just a couple weeks. Ready for that? Oh, I yeah. am. Hell yeah. Ready for that? So, like, you want the show to be over ready for that, or? <laughs> no, I'm just excited <laughs> no. to see where they go with everything. Especially since we're going to find out the traitor next week. What are you going to give me at the end? I want to know. And I was reading this week that it's likely going to get picked up for a season two. All signs yeah. are pointing that way. So Woo! I don't want to build our hopes up too much of what we can expect, not expect. But before we get into this episode, if you would like to follow us after the show, be able to talk with us throughout the week, you can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, at the only MC. I am a lucky man tonight, joined by two lovely ladies, <laughs> Christine Renee. Where can they find you? Right on cue. Um, what's up, guys? I'm Christine Alexis. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Christine Bean. Hey, guys. I'm Renee Ariel, and you can follow me at Renee Ariel on Instagram. <laughs> that was to the applause that I got. I was like, thank you. <laughs> Three main plots being talked about tonight. We got the terror cell in North Dakota. We have Abe Leonard digging in on another story. And of course, Kirkman turning into Jack Bauer. But before that, we <laughs> always have our annual Oreos. I picked them annual. up tonight. Birthday cake because I tried these before. They are the best. Ooh. I mean, I don't know what everyone in the live chat is going to be saying. No. But here we go. We're going to crack these open and do this real quick. Uh oh. Pause that. Here, oh man, they're pretty they're beautiful. They Dude. look so oh, good. Just look at that. I'm really excited for these. I've had the ones with chocolate, and I thought they taste a little See, maybe chemically. I think I've had the chocolate birthday cake ones and not Probably. the vanilla ones. Yeah, God, wait, so they're good. so pretty though, guys. Has anyone tried the the? I I know I messaged you guys about it, but let us know in the comments or the chat if you tried the unicorn frappuccino yet from Starbucks. Um, Which I think looks like liquid cotton candy. It does, but I don't know what it tastes Probably like. Probably has People the same saying, amount of sugar. Imagine I've that heard looks... both ways. I've heard both ways on that one. This is so pretty. Sorry. You don't even want to eat it. It's just... I do. Benali <laughs> says that love the birthday cake ones. Well, are you starting without us? No. <laughs> you just Cheers. pull on Cheers. saliva. <laughs> Here we go. I'm always a fan mm. of the golden cookie. I'll say that much. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. I think we found a favorite. Okay, these taste more like Dunkaroos than the last ones. That I was going on about, but damn, these are really good. So these like the top for you? Yeah. <laughs> Definitive. You like, don't have to ask me twice. Not these even close. Renee? I like these. I like these better than the ones with the uh, chocolate. So this is the first time you've ever liked any of the Oreos that we brought out. <laughs> I think. You don't we'll like the velvet ones? No, gonna those are disgusting. Going to go on record at ten seventeen Pacific Standard Time on Wednesday, April nineteenth. Renee <laughs> likes the Oreos we have provided. Also, in case you're wondering where Happy Go Jackie is... I was going to say, Frank's missing out. Frank is definitely missing out. We might try to save him some. We'll see. Depending on how many Christine eats tonight, because she is obviously in love with them. Um, <laughs> but, crazy. Uh, Benali, you went through three packs of these last week? Well done. I'm not even I'm not even upset with that. That's impressive. Of course not. You're the one who likes mega stuffed Oreos. Yeah, true. I almost got those, Benali. Oh! Like, uh, 
Couldn't do I it. I would have lost it. I told him I was like, I was going to side-eye the hell out of you. <laughs> like, yeah, oh my gosh. So, uh, hey, I give these two thumbs up. Yeah? Yeah, I like them. So far, Pretty they're nice. my favorite out so of far, what we've tried. I Not would... better than OG, but still, I, they're my favorite out of what we've tried. <laughs> Nothing is better than OG, in your opinion. From the OG, loves the OGs. Well, let's get into the storyline, because there's a lot to talk about. And I think overall, this episode was good. Mm-hmm. And we've been up and down on a lot of episodes. I would put this one in the up category. Also in the up category, I actually have to say the pace was really good this episode as well. I know I kind of harped on that last week, that I felt like it was in a good balance, but I thought there was a really good balance. At a large part because we got to find out so much more about what's at the silo. A lot more details about that, which I was really happy about. And... Um, yeah, solid episode for me. I really liked this episode. I also really liked last week's episode, but I think it's just getting better. Honestly, I just the show, I think the show's just getting better. I really like that we got a lot of answers mm-hmm. about these terrorists. Like now we know so we found out so much in this episode without that much actually happening. It was kind of people observing, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. It also mm-hmm. in a weird way and maybe okay, it gave me some um lost vibes a little bit. This sounds a little crazy. I'm a lost super fan, so please tell me how. Yeah, let's hear about this. Because when we were learning about the others, we kind of looked from, like, the outside, and we're like, who are these people? And I I mean, it was very different. They weren't like the others, but it kind of reminded me of that because all of a sudden I'm like, I want to know why these people are completely off the map. I want to know why these people started this. Like, I I mean, we're learning what they want to do, but why? What led them to this? Mm -hmm. And I find that so fascinating, and it, it was just a really great episode. Actually, to touch on that really quickly, um, I know I've been saying for weeks now that I really want a, uh, an episode from the perspective of the others and, and the terrorists to try and figure out what they're really up to and to get that. And I felt like this episode gave me enough breadcrumbs now that I'm mm-hmm. somewhat satisfied until we get that because we find out that they do have some sort of a manifesto. I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of where no, you're going, no, but cool. so many little details that are starting to really piece together for me to get an idea of what the motive could be and where they're headed next. I think you hit it on the head in that the balance of the, I love the balance. And I it's somebody yeah. me I didn't even realize until you just said it, where just the flow of a lot of times when they've like cut things off and you're like, oh, you're right there. Like, how you gonna yeah. go? But I think the transitions and how they played it all together was fantastic. And I even see, you know, in the future talking about the Abe Leonard storyline combining with the storyline from what's going on in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. And so I look forward to that. And so, yeah, I think overall that balance. Yeah, like for once in the show, since kind of this second half, since we've been back from break, I've been looking forward to every storyline going on because in the beginning it was kind of like, okay, there's this storyline. Oh, it's that way. Let's do this one. Let's do, oh, let's revisit this one. It mm-hmm. just became too much. Mm. But they've organized it, and now these characters, we know what each of their storyline is, and all of them. I, I want to know more about and I and I didn't even think I would want to know more about this Abe guy honestly at all mm-hmm. yeah until this episode and then it became very interesting and I really like the way that they they Seth was like you're paranoid when someone was following like everything they did in this episode top notch all about it good job a lot of people in live, a lot of people in the live chat very much agree Ivan Andre uh, Super Mario Nintendo all agree that this was a positive episode and certainly one that was up. So we like the Oreos, we like the episode, <laughs> we in the right direction. Uh, it ended last week with uh, events in North Dakota. And I'm going to be honest, I predicted wrong. 
thinking that they would be attacked or something would go on. We did say that last yeah, week. Yeah, it we just seemed like that. it was yeah. setting up for that. And they, they exit out. I'm not mad at that, though. Okay. Honestly. Only, like I said, only because we, we got more information with them getting out and doing more investigating. I think if had they uh, run into some sort of conflict right then and there... Um, we, we may not have gotten as much information. Yeah, but. it would have gone back to the pattern of, oh, they were one step ahead, but now they're two steps behind right. and they're caught, whatever. And what I also, what I really loved about this episode was the town. What was the town called? Driggs. Driggs. Driggs, North Dakota. Driggs. Population 600. Yeah. That's, look at you. <laughs> good job. Good job, Michael. Um, but I really liked that it, it was just kind of like the middle of nowhere, so these people did not suspect much of like new people coming in because new people come in but since it's so kind of under the radar they weren't expecting the fbi to show up or anyone to be really they're still like protective Mm -hmm. of it but they Mm -hmm. weren't expecting them to be anyone and and based on the fact that there was military action in there before they saw it as they were hopeful so there's not like they're going to discourage that action at all when they're thinking hey this could bring back jobs bring back money, economy, all these positive things. Yeah. Like that bartender's talking about. You know, we're all hoping that with this activity, perfect cover. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was actually really authentic to the small town vibe. I think they planted yeah. those little details really good, which is something I think I've criticized them a lot for in the past. So, well done. Oh my gosh, one of my favorite scenes of this episode, though, or when Hannah bumped into that guy and was like, oh, I excuse me, I'm so sorry, and she got that, that book away from him. I thought, Hannah was great in this episode. She kills it for me, she always. She does. Yeah. She always kills it. I mean, every single role I've loved Nikita in. Fantastic. Uh, a lot of people saying that it was just a creepy town, which it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of those where you don't know who to trust, and you're like, okay, you look... You look too nice. You. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah. I thought it was weird that nobody commented on their their pairing. Like, black dude, Asian lady, randomly on like, a town. trip together on a small town. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not playing into stereotypes, but like, in call North it what Dakota? it is. Yeah. What are you guys you... doing? Yeah. Ne- neither of those two people couldn't ski, I don't think. You know, like, it's just yeah. weird. No, very interesting. Uh, are you surprised that they're continuing to tackle it alone? No. Because I'm not, especially from Hannah, I'm not surprised that she's like, don't bring back up. And why would they? Because right now they're so close to it, but the second that these people are on to them, they're done. Like, they need to stay and be under the radar. But do you think that they should have other people on backup? They said, like, an hour flight is the closest that they can get something. Do you think they should have someone a little closer? I will agree on that point for the simple fact that we saw the way, I mean... I, I don't know. Maybe that's debatable because in that whole scene where Peter McLeish died, their backup was like five feet away and they didn't get there in time. So I don't know necessarily having them close or far or really do anything, but maybe it'll play in their favor to have them at least, what, 20 minutes away rather than an hour. Yeah, I you was going to say, the, you know, the next closest town to Driggs has to be more than, I mean, I don't know. What's, what's like a, a big town in North Dakota? Minot is somewhat big. It's not really that big. Fargo. Minot? Minot is the other town that they were talking about, which is where the military base moved okay. to. I actually had a friend who worked at a Menard, just like a home improvement store in Minot. Uh, Megan Minot. Vandaloo, quick shout out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, very small. And that's North Dakota in general. So I mean, it'd be hard, I guess, to play someone. But you I, put someone in the barn. Put someone else in the barn that they're staying. I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I get I, I, just, I worry that it will get them in trouble. I it agree. surely will. <laughs> like, but that, I mean, that's what keeps us watching, I guess. Totally. Yeah. Like, it's that suspense of it. 
But I do kind of understand if they, where are they going to keep like a ton of backup, you know? And then this, they're so close. I, I totally get where she's coming from because they haven't, no one knows who they are yet. So they're but fine right now. Didn't they say though when they were walking away after that initial interaction with that guy, they're like, oh, well, we've been marked, you know? Like, I think that they know that people are onto them. Maybe or not they fully, know- but they're aware that people are like inquiring about what they're doing. Yeah, but even so, they could just be outsiders. Like, they were, yeah, they may have been marked as, like, not part of um, whatever you want to call them, the terrorist groups yeah. or whatever. But they're still just, like, outsiders kind of just, oh, where, where do we go camping, you know? They, yeah. I wouldn't say that they're marked as, like, a threat yet. But, yeah, I do agree. That was kind of weird that they said, like, oh, we're marked. And then the rest of the episode, nothing. Yeah. They were fine. Because I thought when they had that other running I, I think it was a joke. I think it was more of like a, oh, okay. we're probably marked. Gotcha. If, if that didn't Christine mark us. And I like, I like I, not, not that you ladies are reading too much into this, but uh, <laughs> no. Uh, and well, then the, the biggest shocker, <laughs> Catalan alive. Yeah. What? Like, what? I know, but what? How? But what? So, so then he faked its death. <laughs> and wait. I, I need to think back to that episode, like all the details I he was around poisoned that. Poisoned, and then died in the. Okay, well, can I just say my initial thought when he when someone came out of the helicopter and her eyes were like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "It's Scott." <laughs> <laughs> Scott oh my Scott, god, you returned! I would have died. You holding out hope for Scott. No, dude. just because her eyes completely changed. I'm like, if someone would, oh, it's totally Scott. And it was. It was. It wasn't. Um. I think I might have joined the bad team if that was actually Scott. That'd be so funny. Team Scott all the way. Team Scott, I was sure. <laughs> I wow, yeah, I don't I mean there's more so much more that I hope we learn, obviously, with how everything played out. Yeah. Um I'm I'm still just shocked that they're not I don't know, moving in or not doing something else. I mean, for me I understand the angle, but I don't What know. would they do right now? Uh, move people closer. I mean, Aside from maybe that, not talking about their surveillance. What are they going to do? Attack? Like at this point, they just want to get answers, so they're kind of watching from afar. They got yeah, their manifesto. That was Nassar, or whatever. You're right. That was Nassar yeah. who was poisoned. Catalan was the one who was shot. Where? When? Remember, he was the one who allegedly shot, took aim at the president, and McLeish did not had him killed. That's who Catalan. Oh. In the building with the SWAT. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, 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 yeah. So McLeish didn't, got, was going to kill him and then didn't? McLeish had him killed and we all thought he was dead. No, remember I said we didn't see the body? So that's like classic TV rule. You don't see the body, they're not actually dead. True. Classic TV rule? I think so. So I Scott's I mean, alive. Maybe that's not the best way to word it, but <laughs> okay, well then Scott too, but. And obviously we know how everything, uh, well not everything, but we know why they're in North Dakota. Pax Americana. Seems like a terror cell name. It's so creepy, that, those books everywhere. Yeah, and in the book it says that uh, big governments have failed because corrupt power, liberty taken away from the people, children being sent away to war, which is certainly a big one, considering we know that's part of the reason that uh, Catalan was upset, McLeish was upset, saying that they were kind of thrust into a war. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, and quote, no victory without sacrifice. NVWS. 
which is on every single bomb container. No victory without sacrifice. So you, that, I mean, there gotta be more bombs. Might be more more attacks. Yeah, for sure. I get, obviously they're setting up for it, but I don't know if they're actually if they'll succeed or not. Well, from- wasn't that decided in the in the last episode that the schematics were for things that were supposed to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for sure, they're they're planning all of this. We'll see. Uh, we that leads us into the next storyline of Abe Leonard talking about Sakar not being behind the bombing. Now we don't actually learn significantly more about this and I initially thought I guess when this was obviously the very start of the episode I thought that this was going to be like finding out more about this but his story in general is trying to connect McLeish to the bombing Mm. finding out about Sakaar is just part of it which makes sense because it's a domestic story uh, Mm -hmm. trying to cover for the US thoughts on that storyline Sakaar not behind it being paid by Catalan I'm not surprised I think we all knew well, we all knew that Al Sakar wasn't behind. Well, we thought, at least I thought, for the longest time, like, we don't think Al Sakar did it because we knew it was a bigger conspiracy than that. Um, yeah, so I guess that's a good cover to buy the conspirators' time. Yeah. To make their own moves. I guess if you're, you're, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think from Al Sakar's point of view of I mean, the I don't cost get... of a war, the cost of a, I mean, how much were you paid? That's what, I, and I was also or, thinking that because he was saying like they were going to be hunted down until death. So what money would be worth that? I guess I don't know. Unless they're lying that they weren't paid, maybe they were just feeding him that. I don't know. I That's a good question. We're learning a lot more about Abe, and, and Renee, you said this, is that he is such an interesting character. And I don't know whether I see him as a good or bad guy because at a certain point you're like, oh. Come on, dude. Like, don't be that guy. But on the other hand, he's a journalist. His job is to uncover the truth. Yeah, because of that conversation he had with Seth, I can see him being either kidnapped or killed very soon. Um, so I don't think it's even going to be an issue of him being bad or good. Do you think his life is in danger from Sikar and the bad guys or from the government? No, from the bad... Um... That's a good Hmm. question. I don't think it's from the government. I don't really know. This is my question. Because, well, first of all, I didn't even know that that was a thing where on the computer someone can be like, someone sent you a link. That's never happened to me. (laughs) Um, But I don't know who's sending that, all of that. Like, that's what confuses me. Is this another, so it's not the government and it's not the terrorists. It could be the government. It could be the person who we don't know about in the government. The the traitor, the traitor supposedly. So why would the trade if the traitor then that wouldn't be that on wouldn't that be on the terrorist side then? So wouldn't it just be one or the other, or is it a third party? I think I think it's the conspirators just manipulating him and using him to mm-hmm. put certain pieces of information where they need it to I maybe you know just put smoke and mirrors over here while we do this. You know, I think he's just being used. I could definitely see that because if the traitor was in. Um, the government was monitoring everyone to make sure people weren't figuring it out, picked him as a target, wanting him to believe something else so they weren't on to them. I guess I get that. At the same time, wouldn't it just be easier to kill him? But I still stick by. I think he's going to get killed. Yeah, I mean, if the conspirators are watching um, Abe, then they saw him meet with Forstall. So they know that the FBI has eyes on him, and maybe they're using that to stay one step ahead. Because if they know that... The FBI knows where Abe is, then they 
Yeah, I, th- I think they're just playing it all. Like I, th- just I think it. he has to be careful in that. I, I feel he's getting manipulated. Yeah. And I think sure. he has to be careful that he doesn't get manipulated and come out on the bad side. Because right now, again, he's a journalist. He has his constitutional rights. They talked about shutting down the story. Can't, you know, Kirkman's not, a, not on that side, doesn't want to do that. Reporters have their rights to investigate. And obviously we have freedom of press. But if he gets involved in classified information, is working with that third party, which I would imagine is bad, he could be in some trouble. I just, okay, I just stick by, in the next couple episodes, he's definitely going to die because of the conversation he had with Seth. Because really? Because they're going, to, what they're going to do, what I think at least Just is, as Super Mario Nintendo said, Abe Lincoln will prob survive. I don't think so. Or kidnapped, either kidnapped or death, because Seth is going to notice him either being missing, well, just being missing, whether he's dead or alive, and then I think Seth is going to piece it together where he felt he was being followed. I think that I think that's the whole reason we saw that interaction. Mm. I think it would have been way easier if it was if that scene was just to let us know that Abe was thinking that the FBI was or the government was following him as opposed mm-hmm. to someone else. Then he would have had like a side comment of like, "Oh my gosh, like the government's following me" or something, rather than having that confrontation with Seth. And I it was a very public confrontation. Very too. public. Very so public. I think mm-hmm. Seth. The, the reason they did that, I mean, I think, is because this guy's going to disappear and Seth is going to be like, wait a second, he thought he was being followed as we're getting closer to everything, I think. So, I can see, sorry, go for it, go. I can see Kirkman coming to his rescue in the end, though, because he he was definitely about, like, not silencing anybody's freedom of speech or mm-hmm. if anything happens. I feel like it'll be his little hero moment to come in and be like, we need to save our own. And I see, I was going to say, I see him needing help and coming to the government for help at a certain yeah. point. And I wonder if somehow he'll realize at a certain point he's getting in too deep and he gets information and he will not be a journalist but be a patriot about it and tell the government first before putting it in, a, in an article. Ooh. I mean, that's the question of when you get certain information, even that Sakar information, I mean, you have your rights as a journalist and your obligations to your employer, but as an American citizen, you also have your right to provide the government with anything that you think could prevent a future attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's that moral obligation. It gets into the question that a lot of people are asking on the live chat of who is that third party? A lot of people saying Mike. Secret Service Mike. I've been saying that for so long, you guys, and I could totally see it. Why? Because he's too good and he's too close. Who else would it be? They're going to introduce someone else that we barely know. But Mike, do, we've been familiar with for a while yeah, now. Yeah, it's true. And no one's been suspicious of him. And they're not going to int- or have someone that we're suspicious of. So why not pick someone who's very involved with the family and the White House and could be just hanging out because he's security and someone nice? I, I mean, think we it, don't know. I think it could be a good buildup considering they completely left him out of this episode. Exactly. No, he was there in like one seat. One seat. When? When when um, Hannah was on the phone with Forstel and they kind of like flash back to where they were. Okay, but I'm we saying as in like, like a... yeah, as in like he didn't have any lines. He was totally yeah, under right. the radar. Just there. So it could work. I mean, I just don't know how much, I guess, I don't know how much security clearance someone like him would have. That's the only reason why I can kind of get behind that theory just because he... Like he could have a lot of security clearance, or just be really well connected with people in the in administration who've been there prior and who are there now, who could get him the things that he needs. He's also a really physically imposing dude, who I'm yep. sure if he needed to get something done would snap somebody's neck um, and get it done. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't know. I can't because I don't see you why like him. I, that's right. why. That's the whole oh. point. I like him. 
Not in that way. No. Do you see what I'm saying is the reason why no one's suspicious is because he's so nice and his character is very likable. The perfect person to have him be the traitor. Because we don't suspect it. Oh, so so we're off the whole Aaron being bad thing. It's yeah, obviously not Emily. Right. Right. Thank you, Aaron. Oh Good. Gosh. Said it all along. <laughs> um, it's obviously not his wife. Maybe I shouldn't take. I shouldn't say obviously before anything. We just don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah. So forceful, Mike. Who, who's, a, who's another contender here? Exactly. Ryan. Michael Martinez in the live chat says Seth in on the conspiracy. That would be very interesting, considering they had that confrontation. If that had a connection, however, I would be bored if it was Seth. I would, I would want it to be Mike because Seth again. But with like Seth, characters like Seth, Emily, Aaron, um, Kirkman, like just like our our core characters, mm-hmm. they're like too close. Where I mean, I guess it could be a traitor. I don't know. I, I would prefer to be someone that's pretty close, but not like the main. Ivan is saying, I want to. I'm going to ask you a question, Ivan, because you're saying that Mike isn't part of the conspiracy, just the source to Leonard. What is the difference? Well, if, you, if you're supplying classified information, I feel like you're part of the conspiracy. You're on the bad side. Yeah, you are. As they've talked about, as Forrest still talked with Kirkman about supplying classified information, totally illegal. Yeah. So how yeah. does that not make you part of the conspiracy? I'll let you answer. I'll read your reply. A lot of people are saying, well, Benali P said, I would say anyone over Seth. Yeah, I, I would not be happy with Seth. Me either. Just because why? Because, yeah, because someone in his position who could control the public perception being the press secretary and having access to everything that he has, I could see why he may be utilized for something like that, but I just don't see it, it within the space that we're in right now. I also don't see it because I think it would be a much smarter decision to have someone that we've seen at the White House but not outside of the White House, where we've already seen Seth, we've met his friends, we've seen him leave, we, we've seen him outside of there. Mm-hmm. But Mike, we've only seen him being like the nice guy at work. It would be really cool if it was him, because we don't know what his life looks like at all outside There's of work. There's enough unknown. Exactly. He could, I mean, for all we know, he could live in a place that has, like, all these cameras. Like, we don't we don't know. He could be super shady. But that's why it would make more sense, because there's there's so much more unknown. With Seth, there'd be a lot more questions they'd have to answer, and there could be possible, like, plot holes. Like, how would that work with Seth? So you think making, if, if it was Seth, that would be more material for season two, then? Like, to give us more answers? Like, I'm just trying to think of, like, who it could be that would intrigue me enough that Ma- I want to see. Would Mike that. intrigue you if they had a backstory? Like, if it was Mike like and then we saw him. backstory. Like, here's give a, me answers. Here's the thing. If it, were, <laughs> if it were Seth, it would be very public. As in, like, that would be another plot of replacing a press secretary. Which and I, I, I would not be again. a fan of that. That's a whole other big plot that comes out. Like after McLeish as well? Everywhere. Over yeah. it. It has so to be someone under the radar. I would think it would be someone under the radar, which I see it could be Mike. Okay, so Ivan replied that said uh, he's not with the, quote, true believers. He said Mike only wants the truth out. But I'll say that anyone, even the bad people, will think that they're doing the right thing. They see themselves as patriots. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, wants the truth out for whom? Because if the truth comes out, the whole reason they don't want the truth to come out is so that they can catch the bad guys. So if you want the truth to come out, to me that would mean you don't want the bad guys to get caught, in a sense. Or, like, have, you, you just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Because I think if you're smart, 
which that's what Tom Kirkman was saying today. The story shouldn't get out. Or well, um, what was the other? What's uh, guys? What's his name? The other guy. The other guy in talking to Kirkman. Forstall. Um, I get where he's coming from. Where he was saying like, if this news gets out. It's just going to help the terrorists. It's not going to help us because then again, they'll, they'll be steps a ahead. Step ahead. Yep. Yeah. So if Mike would, I mean, this is anyone that has common sense, really. If you're leaking this information to the public, you know it's going to hurt you more than it's going to help you. The so, truth will come out eventually. Yeah. But you need to control the flow. Control it. So that's what I would not understand. Unless Mike was bad. If he was good, why would he want that? I mean, that's true. There, there are only like a handful of people who know what's really going on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and would have anything, that would stand to gain anything from that getting out. So I guess it could actually be Mike. I've been saying this for a while. I've been resisting it, but I, I, <laughs> I've been resisting it, but all signs are I'll get are behind pointing. that one. And we have to, you have to see, you know, uh, that has to be the person who uh, Abe is going to meet. I think that's how I. You how think it's going, it's going to be, to be Mike? That voice didn't sound black though. Just objectively saying, maybe, like <laughs> maybe it was the disguised voice. Yeah. But I feel like that's how we would find out who is releasing the classified information. Is he's talking about giving information to Abe? It could, you know, easily you could, you know, change the voice on a cell phone or have someone else make the call. Uh, that I don't think really matters. But I think I think that's how it's going to be revealed. No? I don't know because here's here's the only thing. You think that the next episode is going to start with Abe walking to the bit bridge? Because, I, I, okay, this is why I find that, it odd. That could place into the situation of what I talked about of Abe knows who is releasing this class of animation and he has a moral decision of whether to be career focused and give the information or give up the source for the sake of national security. So with that theory, are you saying that they... If it went like that, it wouldn't be showing us who it is. It would just have him have already met this guy, because or the, no, I think it would show. I think it would show us when he meets Abe. Like so, Abe walks up, or Abe is sitting there, and then Mike or whoever this third party person is walks up, and that's how we meet him, and we find out before Kirkman. I don't know. I mean, I just find it so weird that it was in an hour. Because it's such a, such a, um, not even a time jump whatsoever. Like, next episode, it would have to start pretty much where this episode left off. Which I guess they've done that in the past. It's just weird for me. I guess. Or they could wait the entire hour of the show. <laughs> while right? While he's commuting to meet this person. Oh, my gosh. And tell us at the end. But, um, well. I can get behind your theory, though, of maybe a getting some classified information and feeling the moral obligation to say something. He has been trying to reach Hannah Wells and hasn't done so yet, so maybe mm-hmm. that'll happen later once he finds out more, because she's really the key to getting anything to happen anyway. So mm-hmm. He's really been placed as a as a shady character, too, and I think they're going to offer him an olive branch to become more respectable, become kind of a, a savior person, where, again, he's really been seen as a shady guy, and even you talk about anything about his past... You're on something. You got kicked out from other newspapers because they unnamed sources. They've painted him as a bad guy. I think they're going to offer him an olive branch uh, to get picked up. But that leads us into our third main storyline uh, being talked about is that Kirkman and becoming Jack Bauer, which, as we said, you know, they could play out the whole storyline for next week and not really pick it up. 
Last week they really teased Jack being or you know <laughs> Jack. Jack. I'm just gonna call him Jack. You know, <laughs> they teased Kirkman, you know, being rough and coming down, and you hit it on the head. And when we were out there and said, "Well, this came early." Yeah, like literally right after that first sequence, we were. I was like, I looked over at you like, "That's it." Like I thought they were gonna drag that thing out for a bit, but I guess not. I was kind of. Just were you surprised? Yeah, I was surprised. It was very quick. However, I guess it, I mean, it got the message across. It got, I liked that he controlled the room. I also liked that, again, they're getting better with, he, uh, Tom Kirkman no longer needs a pep talk to get it together mm-hmm. for these kinds of moments. Like, he's just stepping up on his own and problem mm-hmm. solving. And yes, he's like, he has help from, like, he does, he did have help in this episode. But in the beginning, he was trying to solve, like, he was standing up for himself. And I, I did really enjoy um, watching him do that. Yeah, I was gonna say his. Char- I think his character has shown a lot of growth because before, um, I think he was struggling to figure things out and had a lot of different voices telling him what to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas now he still has a lot of help, but he's learning how to take control of the situation first and pick and choose who's gonna help him where and why and when and really utilizing all the strong people in his corner who are looking out for him to get what he wants. And I yeah. think that's a true mark of his character developing as a president and as a person, just being more confident and making decisions. We introduce a new character to Julia Rumbauer, who is a professor. I I didn't really exactly know the relationship of her and Kirkman. It really seemed like there was like a past history there and I couldn't tell if it was just they went to college together. Or if it was relational at all. And I don't know I didn't know if they were gonna explore that at all. And even at the very end I was like, wait is, is something gonna go down here I, in the I, Oval Office? I'm like, Michael, why are they flirting so hard? There has to be a reason behind that. I don't know if we'll ever see it. I don't know if I even want to have another storyline like that. I don't care enough to learn more about that. Don't really care. But the decision that they're having to make is with the Supreme Court justices. Mm -hmm. And obviously, they all went down in the bombing, seemed to have a good plan in place for Democrats, for Republicans, and then Senator Bowman, man... I didn't know so much uh, ruckus could become from Montana. His butt chin is starting that, to get on my nerves. His man, butt chin is getting on me so much. <laughs> Just picky. his face. Like, he's always, like, smirking. Yeah. Like, the, Tom is, like, sticking up for himself. I'm like, yeah, Tom, you're killing it. And the whole time he's just like... <laughs> it's a good stare. And it's like, what are you going to say? What are you going to like, say? excuse me, Mr. President. <laughs> this is what I was elected to do. Wait, I'm sorry. This camera. Excuse me, President. <laughs> Will you please always do that for me? I sure will. So Bowman is. Yeah, he's got me been? sugared up. I'm sorry. I'm like. Just imagine going. if you'd have one of those uh, unicorn frappuccinos. Next week, I designate survivor. Like <laughs> we should bring it next week, though. Aren't you guys curious to know if you tried I'm it? Curious. Let us know, though. Like I heard it tastes like mango. I heard it's only going to be at Starbucks for five days. Shit. <laughs> sorry, guys. Back to the discussion. Steven doesn't agree that it's flirting. He says he called that flirting ouch, and I said it's old people flirting. <laughs> yeah. It's true though, right? <laughs> it's, oh. I mean Oh. It's, it's all these people the they, Yeah. And there's <laughs> I don't know. But it makes an interesting uh, point for a lot of people who don't know like the politics of it. Uh the president um kind of puts forth names for the Supreme Court. But it's only the Senate who decides whether they are appointed or not. And obviously this was the big deal uh, going on with Obama into Trump. 
uh, where the Senate stalled that nomination, did not even allow him allow a vote to come forth under Obama. And it kind of seems like the same thing happening here, where he says, you know, we're not even going to bring up a vote. And Hookstratton can't do anything about it. It has nothing to do with the House. And even other members that they're talking with in that room have basically no power. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting what he's doing. Um, And and I'm torn to a certain extent. Because if it was a position that would be in for a couple years, you know, four years, five years, six years, I would say, you know what, put the person in. But on the other hand, I see what Bowman is doing. Because it's a lifetime appointment. This person makes decisions for the next 30 or 40 years. So if you honestly see, I mean, if we're taking it honestly, if you honestly see someone with bias, you want someone else in there. Granted, it also seems like he's doing a power play. But on surface level, if you're looking at someone being like, I see them as a little bit of bias. I'm sorry, they're going to be in for 40 years making decisions as the swaying vote five to four makes a difference. I understand his like motive for for all the reasons you just said, but he's already been painted as such a shady he dude has. that he lost his credibility. He's cried and, wolf and, multiple times. Uh, yeah, dude. and that's why Kirkman straight up looked at him like, "Yo, shame on you! Like, why are mm-hmm. you corralling this into another political stunt?" Like, I think I forgot her name. Who was also in the room? The other Dem who was on their side. She was saying the same thing. Like, why are mm-hmm. you making this? You know, the about you? Yeah, yeah. Yep. the one who like helped them the before. Rep. Rep so. Then. Um, it, I, for me, he just lost all credibility. It just looked like a power play because when you deliberately put a bill that you know you want to get shot down up on the floor and you start doing all these little stunts, like no one's going to hear your point even if it is valid. I completely agree with you. Even the way he was talking to Tom the whole time, he was saying that he didn't want this guy. Like, it, it, this, I just, I don't believe any of his, inten- I don't believe his intentions are pure ever. Uh, this guy's super shady. So I completely side with Tom and I can't. If it was someone else, if it was someone else random that hasn't already been villainized on the show, maybe I would be like, okay, that makes a little more sense. But I, I can't with Bowman, I honestly. Yeah, and for people wondering why the uh, Supreme Court was even at the State of the Union, someone asked on here, uh, everyone attends. And it's often they don't clap. And the State of the Union, everyone claps for some things, not some things. Supreme Court literally just, if you watch them, they just sit there, which I would imagine they have a hard time staying awake. I know I would. <laughs> Um, but I, and I talked with, uh, Christine about this is that, you know, in the end they decide just to do four and four, just to do eight, which a lot of people think that you had to have nine. Uh, I didn't know that it started with six. I knew at one point it was seven before they increased it to nine. Uh, and obviously they did eight all of last year. Uh, it causes some issues when you have a tie Yeah, and then it, nothing happens. Um, Mm -hmm. although they said that it doesn't happen a whole lot, although I will say this, is that uh, they're talking about this future appointment down the line. I think this gives Bowman leverage to put a conservative or Republican or whatever you want to call him on the bench because they had the thing now where you have four Republicans, four Democrats, and an independent. And if you push it all at once, you have the power play of we need to get this in on time. That's why we're doing this right now. We have time on our hands. We need to do it. Now that there's no time, the Senate, as they said in here, is controlled by the Republicans. And so if there's no time, that's the only leverage that the administration had to uh, put forth an independent and not a Republican. So now that there's no leverage and the Republican-controlled Senate is in control, I see it. They will appoint a Republican. 
I know that's a lot of boring political talk, as Ivan, you've said in the live chat several times. But in talking about actual politics, I, I, mean, I don't know if that's in the storyline they'll explore or not, or just the government in general, but I think that uh, that leads them to putting a Republican in office. I'm sure later down the line they'll explore it, just for the simple fact that two Republicans are gunning for the White House. I mean, Bowman hasn't put it out there just yet, but I, ultimately I think that's his goal. And so, and Hook Stratton, we know that's her goal later down the line. So, yeah, I think they, they want mm-hmm. it to sway in the Republican favor. And I found it interesting, too, with uh, Bowman talking about the one justice being liberal-leaning uh, a little bit or said that they a couple decisions uh, made a little bit leaning. And I point, brought this up, I think, last week or the week before that you look at, I think it was last week, talking about gun control. And even a lot of things I read online, a lot of the articles online, everyone agrees that while uh, Kirkman is a moderate and independent, a lot of his ideologies and things that he's pushing forward are a little left-leaning. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that Bowman said that, but, you know, again, he's cried wolf so many times, and you can only yep. do it so many times. Um, one thing I find interesting about Bowman's plot is we've already looked up the IMDb uh, to see how many episodes he'd be, he'd be in. He's been in three. He's going to be in two more. So what do you think he's going to be doing in the other two? Do you think that's going to be what uh, you're talking about? Well, I, th- I think it could be where that he's in till the rest of the season. He's just not a focal point or not not in it. But, I, I mean, I see him being a, a player in the next season. Oh, I, was, yeah. I would say the same. Just from, like, where they brought him in in this season towards the latter half, like, probably transitioning into season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just, I just want to see what they're going to do with him for the next couple of episodes. Because what more could he be bothering Kirkman about? He could what, be tied to the conspiracy, for all we know. True. Very true. Who is this, Bowman? Yeah. I don't know. I said if we for can all deal we know, with... who knows? I don't know if I can deal with that. Uh, he's been I'm... hiding in plain sight. What he's been mean? hiding in plain sight. That's what they keep saying. I mean, not you under the radar. The people, there, there is only a, a certain number of people that that can be. I mean, all right, we need. We to, should make we a list. Need, I was gonna say we need make to make a list. list. Right right now. Christine, let's write down all the people that could be obviously a traitor. number one. Mike. Anyone who has names, throw them out in the live chat. Uh, obviously, we got Mike. <laughs> Do we want to throw in Mrs. Kirkman? You can. Bowman. Bowman. Uh, not, uh, Kimball. Abe. Aaron. Aaron. Forstall. Emily. Are we going to go through the Seth. whole cast? <laughs> we could just, uh, I, in plain sight. Uh, Leo. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, I got Mike. Mrs. Leo. Oh. <laughs> Raise your hand if you were happy not to see Leo this episode. My, uh, Ivan, I know you're raising your hand too. Frank you're, is raising his hand at home. Right Frank now. is raising yeah, his hand is. at home. Um, who else? I think that's pretty much it. So, okay, but if we're being real, it's obviously not Emily, and it's obviously no. not Aaron because that's overkill. That would be so overkill. I'm gonna still Kimble, put a question. Why mark. would it be Kimball? Honestly, I, I don't think seen... it would be Kimball. We haven't seen anything. Kimball's that'd character be too, that'd be too much for literally replacing the vice president with the third person speaker of the house who was also in not. That's too much. Forrestal hasn't been in the show enough, I think, for him to be it. They've painted... See, the thing is, I think, against him is they've really painted him as a bad guy, and I think that would be too much to continue Too easy? That. Well, yeah, especially mm. because every interaction that he has with Aaron, they keep driving that point forward. The fact <laughs> that he's so uncomfortable uh, around him and... President like, Moss Did you write Abe as a traitor? Seth and oh, President sh- Moss. <laughs> she wrote Abe. Abe is going to meet himself. Because <laughs> we were going through the gas. I'm like, wait, what? I said um, Abe in my... said in Seth my and... Uh, uh, Seth, President Moss. Yeah. Um, so that's... I mean, that's it. 
I don't think we've seen enough of President it's not Moss, Moss. Although we've barely seen Moss. Too old for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's Seth. Don't think it's Seth. Don't think it's Moss. I would be disappointed if it was Seth. Is it? You think it's going to be Mrs. Kirkman? No. So, Bowman. No, Bowman doesn't have enough Mike, insight. Michael Martinez forced to have that it's face. So he Mike. does. It's so Mike. It all signs would point to so that. So Mike. All right. While we're discussing this, we have uh, like two minutes left. Predictions. Let's get those lights going. And now you're after Buzz TV. Start at the end. Okay, so I stick by my only prediction goes back to what I was saying earlier. I think that the reason why Seth. And Abe had that conversation is because either next episode or something, um, or the episode after that, Abe is going to either get killed, be kidnapped, or whatever. And then Seth, whatever he told Seth, he's going to think to himself, like, oh, wait, someone was saying they were being followed. Or, or it's going to go back to Seth talking to someone, one of the other characters and try to connect that to the conspiracy. Um, I'm going to stick with uh, the prediction that we kind of touched on where Abe is going to be manipulated by the conspirators, um, especially because of the teaser. We kind of see that some sort of news breaks that's turning the White House on its ass. So I think maybe they'll force him to put some sort of information out there or use him to send a, a message to everybody in some sort of way that kind of just blows a lid off this whole thing. Um, so. I see Abe getting information and I see him doing the moral thing and not the career thing. And I see him going to the government and trying to help him out, partly because of fear, because he thinks that he's in too deep and the only people who can help him are not his bosses, but uh, Kirkman and Forstall and the White House uh, and maybe going to Seth. Um, I'm really curious as to what's going to happen in North Dakota and if they're going to move in. And I just I don't see that happening next episode. I see that at least two episodes out. Um, simply because I see it playing more towards the season finale. Like the final showdown type? Yeah, or, or, or I obviously don't think they're going to catch Catalan in North Dakota, but I, I think there's going to be something where it's going to force him on the run. Um, but I hope they don't wait five episodes. I mean, there's no way they can wait five episodes nah. uh, to let that happen with a 22-episode season. Uh, but I'm very excited for next season, and we'll see. It seems, uh, again, it hasn't been officially promised, uh, but everything I'm reading online, a lot of articles say it's basically a given. It's come out really strong out of the gate, strong reviews. And again, you know, we started really hating this show at the beginning. Not hating it, but that hating <laughs> on it of, like, there's a lot of negatives. The last couple of episodes, I think, have been really, really good. Yeah, since they've returned, I'm I'm very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think we'll they're really it. getting into the flow of things, and I'm enjoying it. Made us come around, so. Yeah. We're getting a lot of <laughs> thumbs up. We got the Oreos, we got the show, and Aaron. Finally, everyone is on my team. Aaron, the good guy. <laughs> I'm just going to soak that one in for the next week. Uh, until then, where can they find you, lovely ladies? You guys can follow me at Renee Ariel on Instagram and on Twitter, and check out my blog, sextingandthecity.com. And you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Christine Bean. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Thank you everyone on the live chat. Michael, Ivan, Super Mario, uh, Benali, uh, Andre, everyone. Fantastic. Tell a friend. We'll be back here next week. Until then, if you would like to follow me, you can do so on Twitter and on Instagram at the only MC. For a little bit of daily motivation. Try to offer it. Until then, like us on iTunes, give us five stars, tweet at us, let us know which Oreo flavors you would like to see next week. Try out the birthday ones, which, delicious. I had four in this one after show. That's like a record. One more. Fit it in your mouth right now. Go. Three, two, one. Eat it.
Well, that was really easy. I didn't think it would be that easy. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.